Hi, Fresh Ed listeners, it's Will. I have a special announcement to make before we start today's episode. Starting in July, I'll be based at the University of Canberra in Australia. It's a really exciting move where I'll be starting a new position as an Associate Professor of Comparative and International Education. The University of Canberra will become the new home of Fresh Ed. In the coming months, I'll share more details about what this actually means. For now, I'd just like to say thank you to the Institute of Education at the University College London for providing me the space to work on Fresh Ed over the past four years. In that time, Fresh Ed has more than doubled its listenership and connected with many academics and students across the United Kingdom. It's really been a wonderful experience, so thank you. So for the next few weeks, we will be replaying the Fresh Ed Flux episodes, starting with season one. I'll be back with new episodes later in July. Finally, if you haven't yet taken our podcast survey, please do so by going to freshedpodcast.com survey. And now on with today's episode. This is Fresh Ed, a weekly podcast that makes complex ideas and educational research easily understood. I'm your host, Will Brem. Today, we launch the first episode of Flux, a Fresh Ed series where graduate students turn their research interests into narrative-based podcasts. Usually on Fresh Ed, you hear me talk to established academics about their work. With Flux, we showcase new voices in new ways. Today's episode is by Daniela Hernandez-Silva, who is studying an Erasmus Joint Master's Degree in Education Policies for Global Development at the University of Glasgow, the Autonomous University of Barcelona, and the University of Cyprus. Her episode is a sonic journey unlike anything we've ever aired. I hope you enjoy the show. Sometimes reality seems more like fiction. Sometimes I listen to stories that I wish with all of my heart were fanciful. Sometimes what some people experience on a daily basis does not fit with others' preconceptions of the possible. My life as a child was very, very hard. I remember that when I was a child, I had to work tough. But that wasn't the hardest for me, no. The hardest was that I never felt warm from my mother. Never, ever. I remember that she beat me for everything. Actually, I remember that one time, when I was seven years old, she grated me. She tied me up with a noose and hung me on a pole. She lifted me up and put bonfire under me. She put a blaze under my feet and with a long letter whip she whipped me. So then, when I grew up, after 20 years as a soldier in the army, every time someone asked me why I was so strong, I could only think that nothing I could ever see or experience in the army 
was as painful as the pain or feeling my mother's hatred in my childhood. Sometimes, because we haven't experienced them, or because the reality is too harsh to comprehend, it is easier to consign the stories of others to the realm of the unreal and to judge the things we cannot understand. Sometimes we arm ourselves with rationality in order to resist the path towards empathy. And sometimes that leads us to criticism, to division, to war. So in order to take one small step towards empathy, I want to share a true story with you. Or, wait, is it a fictitious one? <laughs> Anyways, we can better call it a compendium of real stories, but personified by a single voice, the voice of Jose. You already listened to his voice. My life as a child was very, very hard. But he also speaks like this. Porque el día que se comió una gallina, eso mi abuelita lo amarró como una semana y lo dejó a punta de agua. Jose's voice will represent the multiple voices I have listened to over many years of fieldwork. <laughs> Voices that have told me the same stories over and over again. And just like that, these real stories, voiced by Jose, will be transformed using the magic of the imagination. After all, this story takes place in the Latin American heart of magical realism, in the setting that inspired García Márquez to write so many of his books. The ground became soft and damp, like volcanic ash, and the vegetation was thicker and thicker, and the cries of the birds and the uproar of the monkeys became more and more remote, and the world became eternally sad. In Colombia. Pero Colombia, no Colombia. Colombia con Oh, there you are. Yes, my dear Jose, this story takes place in our beautiful Colombia. And yes, <laughs> Colombia with an O. So, I don't know how much you know about this fascinating country. When you imagine it, do you, for instance, resort to stereotypes like, I don't know, Shakira, coffee, or cocaine? Maybe you think you know nothing, or maybe you think you know everything about this place. But whatever the case, to me, it is a land built on eternal contrasts. Contrasts between the swell of uplifting music and the deep despair of war between 
fabulous dancing and perilous hiding between the effort to succeed and the precariousness of rural life between an imaginable verdant beauty and an earthly blood-stained paradise permeated with the same magical realism that cradles this land I am unable to define the exact location where the story that I'm going to share with you took place. I really try to remember. I try to pinpoint it. But honestly, I can't. The only thing I can say for sure is that an important part of the story happened in my mind and in my heart. Yes, in me. Or more specifically, in a version of me that is known by my colleagues as researcher. It means that it takes place in those long ethnographic processes of listening, transcribing, interpreting, writing and concluding. In those moments when I was trying to find my academic voice, a voice that should be legitimate, but also at a time when I was trying to include the hundreds of voices that I had heard after years of field work in rural schools in Colombia. In Colombia with a no. Okay, okay. It doesn't just happen in me. To be honest, The most important part of this story occurred amidst an intense conversation, a powerful dialogue, a construction of meaning with... Conmigo! <laughs> yes, with you, my dear Jose. And you know what? Actually, I think I would prefer that they got to know you directly. But wait, the listener should know that you don't speak English. But fear not, my dear English-speaking listeners. You will still be able to understand what our companion is saying throughout as you listen to the thoughts that I had during our conversation. My thoughts will sound like this. The only thing, of course, is that you will only know my perspective and my interpretation of what he says. Well... Not much different from what happens when you read an academic paper, though. Although here, the source of information also speaks. So it is completely up to you if you are willing to make the effort to enter his world, to learn about his culture and his language, and make your own conclusions instead of relying on mine. After all, sometimes the world does not speak in English. Sometimes, your language is not the language that always comes first. Sometimes, you cannot understand everything. And sometimes that doesn't make you a fool. Sometimes, empathy could start with the feeling that comes from being the one with a silenced voice. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes.
how to start. Okay. Colombia is a predominantly rural country. By 2015, more than 80% was rural, but it was inhabited by only 24% of the population. The concentration of people in the big cities is due to a vast migration of the rural population to urban areas. 54% of rural migrants tend to migrate to Bogota, the capital, or to other metropolitan areas. The Department of National Planning estimates that about 37% of those who migrate are young people under 15 years old. Such migration is a product of several circumstances. First, unbearable life conditions. By 2014, 60% of the rural areas did not have access to drinking water. 85% did not have sewage systems, and only 6% of rural roads were paved. Second, the armed conflict. The armed conflict has taken place in the rural areas since the 70s, where the National Army, El Ejército, far-left guerrilla groups, Las FARC, far-right paramilitary groups, and drug traffickers, Los Narcos, coexist in the countryside and have appropriated and used rural lands as conflict scenarios in an endless war, leaving thousands of civilians homeless, injured, and dead. And three, the Free Trade Agreement, FTA. Imposed by the US, it has reduced the incomes of about 71% of agricultural households by 16%. This situation has diminished approximately 22% of the national production of subsistence crops, and there is a high risk of food insecurity in the near future. Thus, to address this warring exodus of young rural people, And to reduce the high illiteracy rates, the Colombian government established the Escuela Nueva model of rural education as the national state program for rural schooling. Since the late 70s, Escuela Nueva has established a multi-grade system of elementary education. It ideally consists of a single shared classroom among all the students and with One, one single teacher that simultaneously conducts all the classes. The program was also thought to be the first educative step of a transitional process. Once students finish elementary school, they are reallocated to state secondary traditional schools that are usually located in the municipal capital, which is approximately 20 minutes walking distance. ¿Veinte minutos? Pues no a todos. It does not take 20 minutes for him. Oh, bueno, de pronto yo soy muy de malas. He thinks it is his fault. Pero aquí ya llevo casi una hora caminando. One hour walking. Y todavía no llego a la escuelita. But... 
one hour walking? It must just be the case for you. Actually, I read that those schools were supposed to support students from the most remote rural areas so that you would have easier access to the school facilities in sparsely populated areas. Pues si lo leyó, pues sí. He doesn't want to contradict me. Pero cuénteme, ¿qué es eso de... de... ¿cómo fue que dijo? De áreas esca, escasamente po pobladas. He doesn't know all the terms I use. Well, sparsely populated areas are those places with lower population density. I mean, like the places where fewer people live. Uy, ¿cómo así? ¿Y mi vereda es uno de esos lugares? Porque yo vivo con siete. <laughs> He didn't understand me. Y eso sin contar a los animales. Mejor dicho, yo vivo con mi abuelita. He lives with his grandma. Con mi mamá. Cuando viene de visita. His mom just visits. Y con mis hermanos. His siblings. Y de animales está Manchas, que es mi perro. Y Canela, que es la perrita de la casa. His two dogs. Aunque el otro día Manchas se salió de la casa y como que mordió a alguien por allá en la carretera. Pero bueno. Desde que no se coma las gallinas, son chickens. Todo bien con mi abuelita, porque cuando mi abuelita se pone brava, eso sí mejor dicho para salir corriendo. His grandma is his authority figure. Y bueno, nosotros somos hartos en la casa. Y eso ni hablar de mis vecinos. Ellos son como seis hijos. Many people living in the same house is common for him. Pero yo pensé que en la ciudad se vivía con menos personas. He thinks families are smaller in the cities. Porque cómo así? ¿Con cuántos vive usted? Porque me imagino que tú vives en Bogotá. Yes. Well, I used to live in Bogotá. And wow. I cannot imagine living with seven people plus animals. So please tell me, how do you manage to live all together without fighting? Pues mi abuelita, eso pelea sola todos los días. Good relationship with grandma. Ha, y pues mis hermanos ya saben, desde que no se metan en mis cosas, pues todo bien. Distant relationship with siblings. Pero con el que nunca pude... Fue con mi papá. He could never live with his dad. Porque cuando llegaba tarde, solo se escuchaban gritos. Y después, uno veía a mi mamá llorando. Ah, his dad was violent. Y ah, pues cuando yo era chiquito no entendía bien. Pero pues ya un día no aguanté y lo enfrenté. He confronted his dad. Y nunca volvió. His dad never came back. Y... Y pues yo creo que por eso mi mamá no me quiere. He feels rejected by his mom. Hmm. I don't think so. But I don't understand. Does your mom live with you or not? Pues desde que mi papá se fue, a ella le tocó irse a trabajar a Bogotá. She migrated to Bogotá. Y eso por allá se consiguió un trabajo en las flores. To work. Entonces nos visita cuando puede. She comes to visit. Pero... But what? <laughs> Anyways, where was I? Well, 
This model of rural education has been recognized internationally as one of the 100 most innovative projects in the world by the NGO 100ED. This recognition has been given, in part, because these kind of schools have managed to increase the coverage rates of rural schools to almost 60% while maintaining low investment costs. Low investment costs have been attained as the teaching staff in these schools consists of only one person. This would not be possible, of course, without transforming the role of teachers through the implementation of well-designed booklets. In other words, instead of giving lessons, the main role of teachers here is to be facilitators that guide the students to follow the primers. He liked to write in the booklets. He only had to copy what the book said. He was fast copying. Bueno, eso cuando podía concentrarme. It was difficult to concentrate. Porque en ese salón se escuchaba todo. The classroom was too noisy. Did you finish one year of the booklet in one month? Wow, so you were really into studying. And what did your teacher do? I mean, I guess she put you up a grade. <laughs> Ojalá. No. Más bien me regañó. The teacher was upset. Porque me hizo un par de preguntas, pero como yo apenas copiaba lo que decía la explicación, because he just copied. Pues yo no me acordaba nada de lo que había escrito. He did not remember the content. Y no pude responderle nada. He could not answer. Entonces dijo que así no era. The booklets were not working well. Y un tiempo después Vi que ya no nos volvió a pasar las cartillas. She stopped using the booklets. It seems the booklets are overrated. Really? Wow. And she did it just like that? I mean, she didn't have to show that you filled out the primers at the end of each cycle or something like that. Uy, hasta ya no le sé decir. Pero pues no creo. He didn't think so. Porque por ejemplo, me gradué al mismo tipo que el Brian. He has a friend called Brian. El Brian nunca hacía nada. Brian never studied. Y pues igual en diciembre siempre pasaba el año. Brian was always put up a grade. Y yo digo que si siguiera yendo a la escuela sería muy complicado ahorita. Things have changed. Complicated. Why? Es que no sé si contarle. Mm, mejor dicho, es que el Brian se ha estado juntando con una gente. There are some friends of Brian. Que no está muy contenta desde que se abrió la escuela aquí. They are not happy with the school. I guess the school is an obstacle for recruiting youth. Y pues quieren que la profe se vaya. They want the teacher to leave. They must be from the guerrillas or drug traffickers. I dare not ask. I don't want him to feel exposed or judged. Hmm, get it. But 
Why do you speak in terms of we? I mean, Brian's friends also told you something about this? Or... Pues... Ya el Brian me dijo el otro día que ellos querían que yo me les uniera. They want him to join them. Pero... Shh, que si mi abuela se entera de esto, me mata. He is afraid of his grandma. He has not yet realized the magnitude of this. But you are not considering joining them, are you? Ah, pues la verdad yo ya ni sé. He doesn't know. Yo ya ni sé en qué pensar. El Brian dice que pagan un salario y eso. They promised to pay. Me dijo que algunos de sus amigos allá tienen celular y todo. They have cell phones. Y pues mientras tanto, uno aquí perdiendo el tiempo. He feels that school is a waste of time. But why do you feel you're wasting your time? I mean, you're in high school, right? Pues sí y no. Mejor dicho así. He is. Cuando yo me gradué de la escuelita de primaria, pues mi abuelita se puso muy feliz. His grandma was proud when he finished elementary. Me motivó a seguir al bachillerato. That encouraged him to pursue secondary. Y pues empecé con toda. He aimed to give his best. Pero entonces ahora me toca ir al colegio del pueblo. Now he has to go to high school in downtown. Y ese queda incluso más lejos que la escuela. Too far from home. Y para llegar a tiempo, tengo que salir de la casa a las 5 de la mañana. He leaves home at 5 a.m. Y a veces ni puedo desayunar. Oh, without breakfast. Y uno llega con un hambre y son muchas clases. Too many classes. Ahora tengo muchos profesores. Too many teachers. Y la verdad no entiendo nada. He doesn't understand the content. Además califican muy duro. The grading system is more strict. Y pues dejan muchas tareas. Homework. Y yo no tengo tiempo de hacerlas. He doesn't have time. Porque en las tardes yo llego mamado y a recoger el café o ir a la tienda de mi abuelita y no me da. He works. A veces incluso ni puedo ir al colegio y me atraso en todo. Mejor dicho. Terminé perdiendo el año pasado y lo estoy intentando otra vez. He lost the year. He's trying again. Pero de verdad ha sido muy difícil. Too hard. O de pronto para mí. He thinks it is his fault. O de pronto mi mamá tenía razón. He thinks his mom was right. Y yo no sirvo para nada. He feels useless. I am sorry to hear that. But to be honest, I really don't think it is your fault. I feel like, actually, you have been very brave by trying again. But there should be a way. I mean, have you talked to your teachers about this? Pues es que ellos andan muy ocupados. They are too busy. Yo le dije una vez a la directora del curso del año pasado. He talked to them. Y ella me dijo que me entendía. Pero que no podía exigirle a los otros y a mí no. The teacher could not make an exception with him. And what if you try something different? You could maybe, I don't know why, why if you ask someone in your family to explain the subjects to you? ¿A mi familia? ¿Pero a quién? Si mi abuelita apenas terminó la primaria. His grandma didn't finish school. Mejor dicho. Eso de estudiar no es para mí. He's giving up studying. Más bien que iluso haber pensado que podía llegar a ser doctor. He dreamed of becoming a doctor.
Si ni siquiera me da la cabeza para terminar sexto. He's sure now he won't make it. I'm sorry. I didn't know you wanted to become a doctor. But maybe... Maybe if you are more... Persistent? Terminé perdiendo el año pasado y lo estoy intentando otra vez. He lost the year. He's trying again. Or... Disciplined? Tengo que salir de la casa a las 5 de la mañana. He leaves home at 5 a.m. Mm. Maybe... I don't know. What if you try to be more tough? Porque en las tardes yo llego mamado. Y a recoger el café. Voy a la tienda de mi abuelita. Y no me da. He doesn't have time. He works. Forget it. I'm so sorry for just implying that you haven't done enough. You have certainly tried harder than I ever have. Trust me. But what can we do? I mean, there must be another way out than just quitting school. Pues qué más quisiera. He really doesn't want to quit school. Daría lo que fuera por volver a verle la sonrisa a mi abuelita. He wants to do it for his grandma. Pero yo veo muy difícil que pueda graduarme. He feels he won't make it. Y estoy perdiendo el tiempo ahí. He thinks he is wasting his time. Y salirme y ser un vago como mi papá tampoco es lo que quiero. He's afraid of becoming his dad. Por lo menos los amigos del Brian me pagan algo. He thinks he will have a different future with Brian's friends. Y estando allá no sigo siendo una decepción para nadie. He wants to succeed. And so? Jose, what did you decide? Jose? Are you still there? I think he's gone. So, how can we end this story? I mean, what should we tell our listeners now? It would have been so nice to share a story with them that shows that scholastic perseverance saved him from participating in illegal activities, from being a child soldier in the war. When I grew up, after 20 years as a soldier in the army. But the truth is that Jose does not represent the tiny 0.1% of youth living in remote rural areas who managed to enroll in a quality university. <sighs> no. His voice is the voice of the other 99.9%. The voice of about one million young people from remote rural areas who do not defy the odds of what their context offers. And Unfortunately, the structural conditions of his context do not always lead to a happy ending. José was born into a world with certain constraints far beyond his choosing. Aquí no hay muchas opciones de qué hacer, y yo no quiero trabajar la tierra toda la vida. There are not many working options there, and he does not want to work the land forever. Y el Estado se ha concentrado en la guerra y ha descuidado la economía del campesino. 
the state has concentrated on the war and has neglected the economy of rural people. Nosotros estamos olvidados por el Estado. They feel forgotten by the state. Although the conversation with Jose has followed the magical space between the theory and experiences, between the possible and the impossible, Jose's real life is not necessarily a magical space. It's not a fairy tale. For Jose, life is hard. I had to work tough. What he has to say is rarely heard and his voice is often silenced. By turning the volume up on Jose's voice, you have listened a little more closely to a story whose end is difficult to predict. Because sometimes you can work hard and still fail. Sometimes going to school is not the solution to all of your problems. Sometimes stories just don't have a happy ending. But also sometimes by giving the voiceless the space to speak, you can begin step by step to change the narrative. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Today's episode was the brainchild of Daniela Hernandez Silva. She wrote the script, produced and edited the audio, and even played the bass line that you heard. Johanna Fay is the senior producer of Flux, and Brett Lashua and Will Brem are the producers. Special thanks to Pablo Rivas, who played young Jose, Guillermo Rivas, who played Jose as an adult, and Gustavo Fishman, who read the quote by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Flux theme music was by Joseph Minadio of Pattern Based Music. Music and sound effect credits for today's episode can be found in the show notes at freshedpodcast.com. Fresh Ed Flux is made possible by the support of the Open Society Foundations, NORAG, the UCL Institute of Education, and listeners like you. Please consider donating to Fresh Ed by visiting freshedpodcast.com slash donate. Thanks for listening. I'm Will Brem, and I'll be back next week.